Welcome to the Enlightening Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Hamblin. And I'm your co-host, Ashley Schultz. As moms who are currently in the thick of raising kids with big emotions, we know firsthand how challenging their intense behaviors can be. And that a little support can go a long way. This is a non-judgmental community that was created for you or any mom who's feeling overwhelmed, frustrated, or stressed. Each week, either Emily or I will share our experiences, offer practical tips, and interview experts in the field so you can be empowered to help your children with their challenges. Join us as we help you enlighten motherhood. Hello, everyone. This is Emily. I hope you're having a beautiful week wherever you are. If you're not having a beautiful week, then I hope that you're able to find support and relief to help you with the hard times that you are facing. We are finally all healthy again here in the household. I let you know that we were battling COVID and it was not fun. It was not fun. We also have a new house that we're looking at purchasing and with everything going on, like not just the fact of being sick, but the fact that we had to cancel a lot of plans for that week. Children's therapies were canceled. You know, things around the house start to fall apart and then we have to play catch up afterwards. It's been hectic. It's been rough. It's actually been the roughest few weeks that I've had in a very, very long time. And I'm so grateful for the support that I have to get through it. And also for the tools that I have to handle these hard times when they come, because they're going to come. We can't avoid hard times in our lives and, you know, they're going to come. So I'm so very grateful for all of the support that I have. It's kind of ironic because a few weeks ago I recorded a podcast episode for episode 103, Sharing the Spoon, Navigating Between Serving and Being Served. And I said in that episode how so many of the people that I work with are willing to help others go above and beyond. And at the same time, it's really hard for them to turn around and accept help. And then like, what, like a week or two later, suddenly I'm the one that's really needing others to serve me. And when some of my friends found out we had COVID, they were saying, oh, we'll bring you a meal. And my, <laughs> it's so funny. Like I literally just recorded that podcast episode and I'm still, my instinct was to turn them down when they offered to help me. No, that's okay. I don't want to trouble you. And then when I did realize what I was going to do, I accepted conditionally, like, okay, well, I'll, I'll let you do it only if it's not a hassle for you, only if it's not going to inconvenience you. So it's just super interesting, that natural tendency that I have, especially because I'm one that's very willing to jump up and volunteer to bring someone a meal whenever they need it, if it can help support their family. Granted, my meal is usually instant pot spaghetti, like 99% of the time. And the meals that we received were much nicer than that. But it's just fascinating. None of that has to do with today's podcast episode, but I did want to just touch faces with you and let you know how we're doing around here. So today's podcast episode is one that's near and dear to my heart, quite literally. So last week, Ashley, my podcast co-host, shared different tools for boosting your teenager's self-esteem 
and their confidence. And one thing that's really huge, whenever we're talking about helping our children develop something, it's so important that we work on developing it ourselves. And we might say, but I feel confident or I have a high self-esteem, maybe. And perhaps I still feel for me, this is something I need to be conscious with, is learning to increase my own self-compassion. We hear self-love a lot with Valentine's Day happening last week. I know that that was a big push for a lot of people. And I think that's great. But if you're not comfortable with the the terminology of self-love, if it carries some sort of just strange messaging to you, then think of it as self-compassion. That's how I tend to refer to it as because self-love can kind of get a little bit weird or ambiguous to me, but self-compassion is a lot clearer to me. And I really want to, first of all, let you know why I believe it is so important for moms to develop and continue to maintain self-compassion. So my good friend Sally that I met at church is she is a wonderful lady. And she made a comment once in a church meeting that was so good. I wrote it down. I wrote it down on October 23rd, 2022. And I asked her if I could share it in my social media feed and I never did. <laughs> but I'm sharing it today on this podcast. Sally said, if I'm criticizing myself, then I'm criticizing others. One reason that having self-compassion is so important is that as we're negative with ourselves, that negativity tends to be the lens through which we're viewing things. It's so much easier to be negative with others when we are negative with ourselves. Granted, I know sometimes the opposite might be true. We're positive with others and negative with ourselves. Some people are negative with others and positive with themselves. I personally see so much growth and healing coming in a world where we're compassionate with ourselves and compassionate with others. I've, <laughs> I said once to one of my friends who was not not really being incredibly self-negative, but just not being totally fair to herself. I said to her, hey, you're talking about my friend right now. Please don't speak to my friend like that. And at times when I'm being negative towards myself, or if I'm being tempted to entertain the negative thoughts that are popping up in my head about myself, I might picture one of my children looking at me and saying, don't talk about my mama like that. So, our self-compassion can reflect others, right? When we're kind to ourselves, it's so much easier to reach out and be kind to others. We're not just having moments of compassion or moments of kindness, but really we're trying to transform into people that are generally compassionate and kind, which includes being kind to ourselves. Reason number two why self-compassion is essential for parents is that it fuels our growth. Having more self-compassion opens us up to growth. It gives ourselves a safe place to learn. Instead of shutting down 
getting upset at ourselves when we make mistakes, especially when we make mistakes. We still love ourselves. And again, if that love word is being weird in your head, then we're still kind to ourselves, especially when we make mistakes. Now we're seeing that we are a safe space for trying things that are hard, for trying things that we might not get perfectly the first time or the 10th time or the 100th time, but that are worth trying to do, even if we can't do them perfectly. If we're constantly harping on ourselves for not being perfect, it's going to be really hard to feel safe to try things that we probably won't get perfectly. For example, right now, especially as we're looking to go to a a new house, I'm trying yet again to minimize a lot of my belongings. I'm not, I would not say I'm a hardcore minimalist, but trying to declutter a lot of our things and simplify our possessions. I'm trying to get more systems set up, more habits in place so that our house will stay generally tidy-ish, right? It'll never be pristine. That's just not a goal of mine. It's fine if it is for you. It's not really a goal of mine, but I'd like it to kind of stay tidy-ish. And I know it's going to be a work in progress, and I know it's going to take probably more than a year for me to get there. And at the same time, I'm willing to try. And I'm going to be compassionate with myself when it's not perfect, when I try a system and it doesn't work, when I use different methods to motivate my children to help and they fall. And I try to get my husband on board and it doesn't work. That I'm kind to myself and I thank myself for trying and I thank myself for caring. And I pat myself on the back and we dust ourselves off. Now I'm, now I'm starting. I dust myself off. Do I speak in plural or singular? I don't know. I dust myself off and I get back up and I say, it's okay. This is not about perfection. This is about trying. And we're making growth. We're making progress. And that's what matters. The reason number three, why self-compassion is so important is that it sets an example for our children. Imagine your child when they're a parent and they're not going to get things perfectly. Nobody will. And imagine them saying mean things to themselves. Imagine them believing unkind thoughts. They're going to pop up and imagine them spending time dwelling on them and believing them and really focusing on those negative voices in their head. That's not what you want for your children. You don't need to have it for yourself either. When our children see us treating ourselves with kindness, compassion, can we say empathy if it's towards ourselves? I don't know. Understanding, openness, especially when we're not doing things perfectly, especially in those really hard times, then our children will learn to do the same for themselves. I'll also say I could do an entire podcast episode on how my humor has evolved over the years, but making fun of ourselves as a joke or to be funny or in jest or lighthearted, you know, in lighthearted ways, still not kind to ourselves. It is still not kind to ourselves. I've taken that out of my humor or, you know, when we beat ourselves to the punch, like someone comes over and our house is messy and we think, oh no, they might be thinking my house is messy. I'd better go ahead and insult myself before they have a chance to say or think negative things about me so I can like beat them to the punch. 
let's not do that. Let's let them think what they want. They can think bad things about me. If my house is messy, they probably won't. Or else they probably wouldn't be in my circle of friends because my circle of friends don't really judge me negatively when my house is messy. But let's say that they do. I'm going to let them. I don't need to start to say negative things about myself just because someone else might think negative things or even say negative things about me. I don't need to join them there. Beating ourselves to the punch is not a helpful thing. It's not a worthwhile use of our energy and our focus and our attention. Okay. (laughs) Excuse me. Reason number four in why I recommend and highly encourage parents to have self-compassion is because you're worthy of it. You are an amazing person. You are a good person. You have a good heart. If we wanted to go into religion, in my religion, we believe that every human is a child of God. Every human. And maybe you don't believe that. Maybe you have a different belief. But whatever it is, I am just willing to guess that you have some sort of belief that humans are wonderful. Every human. And you are a human. You are wonderful. You are somebody that deserves to speak to themselves kindly, compassionately. You deserve to have your own back. Not because of what you do, not because of what you accomplish in a day, not because of the way that you're choosing to, I don't know, sacrifice certain things for other things. That's (laughs) probably not the most helpful statement I've ever made. But not because of all the things you do. But because of who you are, you are a human. If we wanted to get religious, I would say you are a child of God. You don't have to do or prove anything to be worthy of speaking kindly to yourself. You're already there. You've been there your whole life. And if you haven't been speaking kindly to yourself yet, now is the time to start. So when we're talking about self-love, there are so many different ways we can show ourselves self-love. We can develop it. I'm not going to delve into every intricate detail in this podcast episode. At a later date, I might. I have a whole page full of different notes in lots of ways, but I wanted to keep it a little bit simpler for this episode because sometimes focusing on less points and less ideas can help drive the message home stronger. And I really want to drive this message home strongly today. So can probably tell I've been talking about self-love, self-compassion, and yet I'm also talking about self-talk. So that inner critic is so strong in so many of the women that I see in our memberships, that I chat with online, that I speak to in real life. And it's been so strong for me in my own life. In fact, that inner critic's still there. I just don't give it the limelight anymore. I don't believe all the thoughts that I have that are negative about myself. I recognize them, I dismiss them, and I replace them with more helpful thoughts. The way we speak to ourselves is a huge way that we can be kind and compassionate to ourselves. I mean, if you want to like show yourself love by going and having a spa day or getting a pedicure or, you know, all the things that we talk about self-care, I mean, fine, like I'm not opposed to those, but all of those things are just... They're going to be superficial if we're not going deep inside and showing self-care inwardly by how we talk to ourselves. So 
I've explained four reasons why I believe that it's so important to have self-care or (laughs) there I said it self-compassion right and to show ourselves love and really to love ourselves but here are four ways or tools that you might use to help develop your own self-compassion especially in this realm of silencing that inner critic speaking more kindly to yourself one is through affirmations you can come up with a list of affirmations that are helpful that are uplifting and here's a really important thing when talking about affirmations or mantras or conscious thoughts or whatever terminology you want to use with them they have to be believable they have to be something that when you read or say that you believe if you're just kind of like saying it without even believing that it's true it's not going to help and so I could spend another again 30 minutes with examples of that but that's what I'll say about it the science on affirmations is actually quite fascinating my podcast co-host Ashley actually did a podcast episode on affirmations let me pull up the number here Okay, she recorded this episode way back in July of 2022. It's episode 24, The Power of Positive Affirmations in Parenting. And so you can go look that up, add it to your play next list, listen to it right after this. She talks about the brain science behind positive affirmations, how they can rewire the brain, what benefits they provide, etc. And In that episode, she's talking about the power of positive affirmations from parent to child. It is also incredibly powerful to have positive affirmations from parent to parent, like to yourself, really. Here are some examples of positive affirmations that you may or may not not find helpful. The goal isn't to use every single one, but to find ones that really resonate and you really find being helpful. And then to consciously focus on them, you can put them as an alarm on your phone. You can set up post-it notes around your, your house. You can write them on your bathroom mirror. You can just say them to yourselves or to yourself every single morning. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can use them, but the idea is to have the repetition of the thought to solidify the wiring of your brain and to allow other thoughts to attach to it. Fascinating, right? Okay, here are a few examples. Today, I choose to speak kindly to myself. I know that I am a good person, and I don't need to prove it to anyone. I know who I am. I love who I am. I love the way I do things, and I love the way I grow as a person every single day. I believe in myself and my potential. There are plenty of reasons to be proud of myself. Taking care of myself is a priority. I carefully listen to myself and strive to meet my needs. I am at peace with myself and my past mistakes. I have forgiven myself and I am ready to move on. I am thankful for what my body and mind have done for me today and all the days of my life. Now, I could keep going on and on, right? But you get the idea. Some of these, you'll hear them and you'll think, oh, that doesn't help me. And others, they're going to resonate. They're going to be powerful. Hold on to the ones that resonate for you. 
and spend time saying them to yourself, saying them out loud. If you don't believe them, work on believing them. Whatever is going to be helpful for you in your journey. Okay, another way or tool that you might use in developing your own self-love is journaling. There are a lot of different journaling prompts to delve into your relationship with yourself, to um, better explore the wonderful things about you, etc. Right, And spending time with that pen and paper, um, or if you like digital journaling, that's fine too. Typing out your thoughts, whatever works for you, your brain, yourself, it's fine. It doesn't have to look like someone else's journaling. That can be a really beneficial way for many people to develop more self-love. And of course, consciously coming to realize, here's another way, um, another way for us to overcome that negative self-talk. And that's by consciously becoming more aware of the negative thoughts when they come up and rewiring those thoughts to kind of reroute them to a more positive reframe. For example, I can't do anything right might become, sometimes I make mistakes and that's okay. Or sometimes I don't do perfect. I'm not editing that out. I'm going to keep that mistake in there because I'm talking about making mistakes right as I make it. Okay. Sometimes I don't do things perfectly and other times I do them quite well. And that's all right. There's a lot of different reframes we can have, but being aware of them and um, writing them down might be a very good way when you have that negative thought and making a list of them and then working on having positive reframes to switch the wiring from the default on the negative to a more conscious attention on the positive, that can help a lot too. There's kind of this analogy also of a broken record. It's like a broken record in our head and it's on repeat, just skipping back to that negative thought or negative thoughts. We need to go up and like clean off that scratcher. I don't know what you would do with a record. (laughs) Whatever you need to do, to get it to skip past that spot. It's going to take some consciousness and some intentionality. Okay, number four for another way that, or method that we can utilize to cultivate more of that self-compassion, especially in our self-talk, is by celebrating the small wins. When we think of baking a cake, um, there's so many different things that go into a cake, right? We have eggs and sugar and flour and salt and baking powder and honestly I'm not the world's best cook so I'm (laughs) I'm not sure all of the ingredients off the top of my head but you know there's a lot of different ingredients that go into it and likewise there's probably going to be a lot of different aspects to you developing self-care and as you do develop them or as you do do the small things celebrate them celebrating our small wins or even gamifying the way that you do your self-care that is another way and you might come up with I have for sale and I'm going to talk about it a self-love bundle and in it I have a self-care or no I keep saying self-care self-compassion bingo card 
And if you don't end up getting the bundle, that's fine. But you can make yourself a bingo, bingo card with all of the different ways that you might show yourself love and play a game with yourself. Maybe make copies and send it to a friend and invite them to join you in a self-compassion development game. And you can all play bingo together. And as you do them, text each other pictures of your bingo card, showing them how you're doing on your journey. Right. So kind of having fun with it, celebrating it, that can definitely be another way. And it's, it's, it's a just fine way for you to develop it. It doesn't always have to be serious, right? The idea is though, that we're just making this conscious and we're making it intentional, that we're not relying on our subconscious to run the way that we speak to ourselves, the way that we think about ourselves and the attention that we give to the thoughts about ourselves. As we make it more conscious and more intentional, it is going to bless us. It's going to help our children. It's going to spill out onto them and help them so much. And we don't have to feel negative about ourselves for speaking negatively towards ourselves, right? We can just start today. Yes, I have a lot of negative thoughts about myself. Yes, I default to saying negative things about myself. Yes, I'm not always kind to myself. And you know what? I still love me. And I'm going to work on this and I'm going to try. And this is going to be a goal of mine. And I might have to work on it for a very long time. Like I told you, me, Emily, myself, I still have to work on this. It is something that I still consciously do. It's becoming more and more subconscious the longer that I do it. But even still, I have negative thoughts pop up a lot. I'm just choosing not to give them the limelight, limelight anymore. I'm choosing not to dwell on them. I'm choosing not to make them the center of everything in my brain. I acknowledge them, I dismiss them, and I move on with a much more helpful thought. Okay, so in conclusion, self-love, self-compassion, whatever you want to call, call it, is so important for us. It's so important. It reflects outwardly. It gives us the basis for which we're viewing the world, viewing our families, viewing our children. It fuels growth. It helps make growth come so much faster. It sets an example. And you're worthy of it. You are worth so much. And you deserve to be kind to yourself. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you did want to purchase the self-love and compassion bundle, it includes tools from each of those four ways that you can develop self-compassion. There's 25 self-love affirmations. It's an editable document on Canva. So you can customize the colors, et cetera, to however you like it. It's mobile friendly. If you wanted to print them off individually, you could, but there's 25 self-love affirmations. There's a 22 page journal for self-discovery. I've titled it falling in love with yourself again. It's kind of a title I'm not sure if I love or not, but I'm just going with it. It's a journal for more self-discovery and reaching deeper and, you know, working on that relationship with yourself more. There's a mini guide on overcoming negative self-talk. This is just several worksheets. If you want something a bit more straightforward to help you become more consciously aware of potential negative thoughts, reframing them, etc. Right? And then there's that self-love bingo. If you do want to purchase this, it's only $9. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. 
I actually didn't make this bundle available directly on my website and I'm realizing I should have, but that's okay. Progress over perfection, right? So I went ahead and made a shorter link through bit.ly. So you do bit.ly forward slash self love compassion, one word, self love compassion. Then it will open up the opportunity for you to purchase the self love bundle for just $9. I always love to keep my prices affordable. So anyone can afford it, especially right now. I know the economy is tough for some people. Things are really tough financially. So I'm trying hard. It's hard, but I'm trying hard to keep all of my prices low so that anyone can afford them. If you'd like to grab the self-love and compassion bundle for yourself, or if you know someone that you think would benefit from it, I just sent a copy to my mother with love, right? You're welcome to buy it for somebody else. Okay. Whether or not you make the purchase, because you know me, I'm just not an amazing salesperson. <laughs> I do hope though, that you're able to find new ways to be kind to yourself, especially the way you're talking to yourself, that you can find new ways to get a grip on that inner critic and you're able to show up more as the confident parent who loves herself exactly as she is imperfect imperfections and everything. Boy, I had a lot of imperfections in this podcast and I'm wondering if I should edit them out or keep them. I think I'll keep them. I think I'll keep them. Hope they're not too distracting. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you have a beautiful week. If this podcast episode was meaningful or helpful to you, can you think of a friend who might benefit from hearing it? Why not send them a quick text with a link to listen? I know it's a message I would have loved hearing years ago. 